When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Legends Lounge. I'm True Withers, and with me today in the lounge, we have former UConn Husky, where he won a national championship, former Detroit Piston and Milwaukee Buck. We have Charlie Villanueva with us. Thank you so much for stopping by the lounge. Thanks for having us, Todd. Of course, of course. Uh, now, we normally jump right in i like to ask people you know what's their welcome to the league moment but we got even more uh i guess i would say pressing news and even that something i feel everybody has seen uh time and time again the the will smith and chris rock at the oscars incident you posted a video uh to your social media and i what about this incident spoke to you there well obviously uh Alopecia, something, a condition that uh, Will Smith's wife, Jada, was diagnosed with. And it's very dear to me. Um, So I had different types of feelings, right, where um, I understand, you know, that situation that happened, you know, uh, Chris Rock, you know, uh, cracking the joke here and there and and Will Smith feeling uh, a certain type of way about it. I can understand where he's coming from, where he's defending his uh, uh, a wife, but by no means I condone violence. I think Will Smith handled it poorly, but I also think Chris Rock was in the wrong for being insensitive on right. her, you know, uh, medical condition. And I, I know, you know, for someone who's dealt with alopecia for, you know, uh, I was diagnosed with it at 10 years old and I'm 37 now. So, mm-hmm. I've, deal, I've been dealing with it for a pretty long time. I know how hard it is to accept it. And I think she publicly came out and, and, and said she's been struggling with it. Yeah. And and to Chris Rock's defense, he probably didn't, under, didn't uh, know that she had this condition. But that's why you got to be extremely careful, man, when Definitely. you want to crack jokes and this, that, and the third, because you don't know what that person is going through. Um, so, yeah, it... it, it I felt like I had to speak on it because it's, it's, it has to deal with alopecia. And that's something that I've been dealing with, you know, all my life still am. And I know what comes with it. You know, uh, you know, I, I know people that, that that's, that's killed themselves. I know people that uh, struggle with it, you know, and just uh, it's, it's a very sensitive uh, topic for me. So yeah. uh, when that happened, I felt like I had to speak, I had to speak my mind. Yeah. Something you mentioned in the video, you talked about, you know, life before and after you accept it. How, I guess, how or or when, like what what helped you to accept it? Well, it took me about six, seven years to finally, you know, accept it. Mm. Um, So you were high school, you're 16, 17. Yeah, I was about, yeah, 16, 17 years old. Um, I've, um, took me a while to accept it because I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. I was always trying to hide it. I was wearing a hat. Right. Um, didn't look people in the eyes. 
Um, you know, it, it, it can it's, it's, it can do a lot to the mental health, you know. Um, and I, I was dealing with anxiety, depression, um, because I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. But once I finally, you know, and it was just from one day to another. Right. It probably didn't help being your height at that age, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, it probably it didn't help uh, st- <laughs> standing taller than yeah, I, I, I stood out for sure. But, um, you know, it was just from one day to another. I just finally say, you know, the hell with this. And um, I'm just going to accept it. This is who I am. And, and, and I accepted, you know, over about six, seven year uh span where I was really struggling with it, you know. Um, so there's a difference, right? To me is you tell somebody that accepted, like you tell me that joke or something like that, like I'm just going to brush it off. You know, to this day, you know, you got people, you know, social media, want to get behind a keyboard or phone and crack jokes here and there. I brush all that away. But if you would have said that to me when I was going through that process, that six, seven year. You know, that's why I can understand where Will's coming from. Right. That type of reaction. You know, that type of reaction, even though it's not right. It's not right for him to do that, but I understand. You see where he's coming from. I see where he's coming from. So um, there's a difference. And to me, I think Jada's at the point where she still hasn't fully accepted it. She's still struggling with it. So you're going to see what you saw on Mm -hmm. the Oscars. What would you say to... You know, if Jade or anybody who is still struggling to accept it, what would you say to them or something that I guess helped you along your way? What helped me along my way was my passion for basketball. You know, focus mm. on that. You know, whatever you're passionate about, put your energy on that. And I wouldn't be the basketball player or the person I am today without alopecia. So I call it a blessing in disguise mm. um, because. And more, the more people that clown me, the more hard work, the more work I put in. Right. And like that, that's how you harness that. In the, you put exactly. it in, into the so, game. So to anybody that I, 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 you know, I come across that deal with alopecia, you know, I always tell them, you know, make sure you have alopecia and alopecia doesn't have you. And it's going to be an everyday struggle. You know, you're going to struggle with it. But if you focus on what you're passionate about and put all your energy there, I mean, it's just the mindset. Once that mindset changes, man, you know, you start looking at things in a different light. Definitely. Uh, now, you mentioned earlier, you know, maybe Chris Rock knew or didn't know. Do you think that changes anything about like whether he knew or didn't know? That's a good question. Um, if he knew, that makes him that that's that's that's, that's, that's foul. Yeah, that's super foul. That's yeah. super foul. Um, the fact that let's say give him the benefit of the doubt that if he didn't know, I mean that's that's it's hard because he's a comedian. He's gonna crack jokes this that, and the third. Right. You know you gotta he kind of gets a pass. But when you're dealing with somebody's medical issue or or an issue that they still are dealing with and haven't overcame, right? You know that's that's that's, that's, that's you walk in a slippery. The slippery slope, you know, you yeah, know, right. right there. Yeah. Because um, that's anybody. I think we're all human and we all have our own struggles. And and it's hard for me to say, you know, Will should have acted different. Because I put myself in that shoe. I put myself in his shoes. And I don't know. I probably would have reacted the same because it's happening so fast. Right. And boom, he said the joke. 
He chuckled a little bit. He looked at his wife. She, you can see she's not feeling it. Right. You can see the discomfort. So now it's like, all right, I got to make a move. What I got to, you know what I mean? So I'm pretty sure he wasn't even thinking. He just reacted on emotions. And sometimes emotion gets the best of us. I mean, we've Definitely. all been there. We've all been there. Definitely. Uh, you mentioned, you know, it came up in trash talk. I imagine, was it just a staple just all along, like through your career? As far as what? As far like, like, as like here in, in the trash talk. Oh well, the trash talk. <laughs> I've yeah, I've have been hearing it, you know, through all throughout high school, college, uh, NBA even heard it. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes, especially in college, you know, the fa- the fans could be very ruthless. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know, I went to UConn and I, I played in the Big East and Sarah going to That's some passionate fans, man. You go to Syracuse and you playing as Syracuse. Oh man, I will call it every type of name in a book, but. I know why they. I know why they're doing it. They're trying to get in my head. They want to make. They, they want. They want their team to win. They're standing third. So the way I trigger is that, that motivates me. That adds, you know, fuel to the fire. So, um, and you know, that that's what that's what always kept me. That's kept my drive. Um, what was motivated me as well. Hmm. Would it? You think it came up more, like in the NBA, or or less? You would say because I know there was the. I guess the incident. KG with Kevin Garnett and yeah. I, I did you buy his explanation on that? I guess I should say <laughs> you, you being someone that was there. Um, um, no, but and, th- and that's when like at that time it it bothered me. Hmm. Um, but it took me a while. Like it like because when he said it, I was still in the course of the game and I was heated, but. I was still calm and collective, right? I wasn't like, I didn't like wild out. Mm-hmm. But the more I kept thinking about it, I'm like, right. yo, that's foul. Like, this yeah. dude really did like, for. and then then I, I went on the Twitter. I started talking. I said what I said. Um, but that was my way of letting it out. Right. You know, um, gladly I didn't choose violence. Right. <laughs> it would have cost me probably a lot of money. But And again, I think it goes to what you were saying earlier, right? It's if you did at that point, there are people that could be like, I understand why he yeah, exactly why he reacted exactly. that way. And to me, it's like when you call somebody, when you when, when you're talking about cancer, and I know for the the person that's not educated enough to know about alopecia that doesn't know about alopecia, you know, obviously it's an autoimmune disease that causes hair loss, but there's similar traits to cancer, so to speak, mm-hmm. where you start losing your hair. So if you was to see me, you might think I might have cancer. And that's and that's a fair question to ask um, or, or, or a fair statement to, to think. Mm-hmm. But when I really was thinking, I was like, yo, cancer, bro? Like, cancer is like something you don't play around with. Like, yeah. people die left and right from cancer. Every day, yeah. Um, and I know this is a game. I know we're playing a game, but, like, you crossed the line. And at that time, I felt like he crossed the line. Um, but I got no issues with KG. Um, funny enough, ironically enough, you know, a few years later, you know, I ran into him at a restaurant, super <laughs> random. Um, and, you know, and squashed it, so to speak. You know? Oh, yeah? It was okay. So, um, Did he approach you? He actually approached me. He actually really? Where was it? Like, where, where were y'all at? Like, what city? Florida. Okay. Florida. 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 Okay. It was during Florida. the summertime. Okay. Um, but this is, this is, few years after 
you know, maybe four, three to four years after. Um, but I got no issues with KG. You know, KG is the type of person, you know, he's a trash talker. He is what it is. Right. But um, I think he won't do that no more. You know, I think <laughs> right. he's – obviously he's not playing no more, but I know he won't cross that line no more in the sense where, you know, we'll, we'll disrespect somebody in that sense because right. he probably wasn't educated enough. He probably didn't know – I had alopecia or I, I had this help, uh, uh, medical condition. So um, I think it was a teaching point and we learn from it and we move on. Yeah. So what? I feel like we could laugh at it now, but when you're in that restaurant in Fort Lauderdale and you see Kevin Garnett coming at you, what's going through your head? <laughs> it's crazy because I'm saying, mind my business, you're my fool. And then whenever you see a tall dude, like you always like look at him like I right, like I right, this dude's a hooper, you know what I mean? Right. So I seen him from a distance, but it didn't hit me, it was him. And then I see him getting close. I'm like, okay, it's KG. Like, I don't know, like, uh, all right, like <laughs> like this could go a lot of way. Like, oh, this could uh, go yeah, this could... okay. All right. But then he said my name, and then you can tell like his energy wasn't aggressive. Right. So uh then I was like, right, I could put my guard down a little bit. Um, because I don't know what I, I didn't know. You yeah, know, again, at the I'm, time, you I'm, don't, I'm, yeah. So I'm like, okay, this dude about a, I'm already thinking, you know, I'm not going to be like Chris Rock and have my hands behind <laughs> my back while dude's approaching me. <laughs> right, I'm going uh, at least be proactive uh, yeah, exactly. uh, to the situation. But, uh, <laughs> um, but no, nah, it was it was nothing, man. I, I, was, I was glad we had a good conversation, you know, quick, short, and uh, uh, we put it behind us. No, that's what's up. That's what's up. Um, okay, now I feel like we can go back uh, uh, to what I what I normally get to with our legends. Yeah. Tell me about your welcome to the NBA moment. Welcome to the NBA moment. To be honest, um, might have been, and I remember where I got a little starstruck, okay. uh, or where I was not not more starstruck. It was more like. Wow, I'm in the NBA. Is when we was playing. I believe it was our first home game, and we was playing the New Jersey Nets. And seeing Jason Kidd, Vince Carter, Richard Jefferson, you know, all these guys that I used to watch. Did you went to high school in New Jersey, right? Yeah, correct. Yes, I did. Okay. So these are guys that I used to watch growing up as a kid, and now I'm on the same court with it, and I just remember just like being starstruck a little bit and then like oh, I gotta stop back like yo we playing the game <laughs> right, the game is started yeah. yeah game is started like yo get, get it together um but I would say that was my moment man where I was like well I really told myself like wow I'm in the NBA this right. is crazy so when would you say you felt like you belonged like when did you say like some people say it's a couple months in, like they had a good game or something, like they started hitting their stride. But when would you say you felt like it's like okay, like I, I belong? I think I felt, you know, uh, from the jump, from the beginning, <laughs> as I got drafted, you know, I felt like I, I belong. One thing about me, I had this confidence, man, and and I think it comes from my childhood. It comes with dealing with alopecia. Um, and I had this confidence. I had this swag about me that, you know, I felt like, you know, I couldn't be touched, you know, or I belong or um, – and I think that's what kept me around for, you know, 11 years in, in the league. 
Um, so yeah, I will attribute a lot a lot of that to my confidence. Mm. Yep, because coming out of high school, you put your name into the 2003 draft. Wow, you did your homework, time. I, I did a little research. <laughs> you you put your name into the draft, but you yeah. withdrew it. What what made you think? Okay, maybe not yet, not yet. So during that time, that was like the first time where you can put your name uh, in the draft and actually back out if you don't sign with an agent. Mm-hmm. So at that time, you know, I was one of the top players in the country. Um, so I was like, hey, why not? Let me try this thing. And I remember working out for Dallas Mavericks, uh, New Jersey Nets, and I'm going to say might have been San Antonio. Okay. And the all these all these teams had, you know, they were around the 20, 20 the 20 range, between 20 and 30 range they had their pick. Mm-hmm. Like late first round. Late, late first round, exactly. And I went through the process and I just felt like I wasn't ready. Guys were so much bigger, much stronger. I'm 17 years old. Right. I'm 17 years old, and guys were just so much bigger, so much stronger, so much faster. That I it was crazy. I felt like that was a super mature decision by me because I was the one that was like, nah, I can't do it. I'm not ready. Right. And you know, even if you know uh other people in my circle was like, you know, to make that jump, I felt deep down inside that I wasn't ready. So to me, you know, going to college was like, all right. So I don't know if, if but I, I I don't know if you know this or not, but I actually committed to Illinois University first. Because of Bill Self, right? Bill I love Bill Self, man. Uh, and Norm Roberts was a, the assistant mm-hmm. coach at the time. So I love, I, I fell in love with those guys, man. What they what were. is it about Bill Self? Um, I just love like his his energy, uh, his coaching style. Um, he was just somebody that I felt like I wanted to play for. Hmm. And so I committed verbally to Illinois, but I I heard rumors and he was honest with me where, you know, where he might potentially take another job or talk to other schools. So at the time I just, he said that at the time he was, yeah, he told me that. So I, I, you got to respect that. Yeah. So if you're going to, if you're going to be in Illinois, I'm going to be here with you. So, um, and then he decided to go to Kansas. He took the job at Kansas. And I was going to follow him at Kansas. Mm-hmm. I had one more official official visit to go, and I went to Kansas. Um, crazy thing. I never took a, a visit, uh, an official visit to UConn, which is crazy. Really? But, yeah, which, and that's where you end up committing. And that's where I end up going. Um, so, but back to the – so I take a visit at Kansas, and I fell in love with the school too. Um but then there was one thing that kind of it, it pretty much killed the deal. So in my visit, during my visit, there was a tornado. Oh, oh no! <laughs> there was yeah. a tornado on the tornado struck the state of Kansas. Or something and they was like, "Yo, go to the basement. Go to the bottom." I'm from New York. <laughs> I don't see tornadoes. That's not my. That's not my style. That's you was like, "Y'all have a." This happens enough. Where y'all, happens, y'all have like, a procedure. No. Yeah, I don't I want to be anywhere where I have to have a procedure me, for this. Yeah, that's... the same for me. So um, that's the only thing that killed that Kansas there was a tornado. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to Kansas. Um, so I'm I like, which fair. school do I go to now? Now I don't have a school to go to. 
Um, because I know I'm not going to Illinois and I'm not going to Kansas. Um, I took visits to Indiana, uh, Seen Hall and Villanova. Hmm. I felt like those schools weren't the right for me. So I'm like, all right, what school do I go to? I was like, right, at that point, I'm going to stay close to home, but to a school that's, that has a chance of winning a championship. And UConn was like, hey, UConn called them up. Yeah, I got room for one more. Right. <laughs> Can I run? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I got room for one more and then it happened. And then uh, I ended up taking an unofficial visit because I already took my five visits. And uh, I had a good relationship with Ben Gordon. Ben Gordon at the mm-hmm. time was from New York. He was from Mount Vernon. I'm from Queens. And we played AEU ball together. So I knew him. And uh, he had much success, you know, under Jim Calhoun, Coach Calhoun. So I said, hey, I'm going to UConn. And then. And it worked out. It was the best decision, you know, I made. Hmm. So Coach Calhoun, uh, you know, a legend in his own right, but feels a little bit different uh, energy-wise than Bill Self. So t- what was it like playing for for Jim Calhoun? <laughs> Coach Calhoun, man. Um, he, he had a mouthpiece on him. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, fil- yeah. no filter. But the thing I love about Coach, man, is he'll – He'll break you down, but he'll build you right back up, man. Mm. And you don't see, and you probably don't see it while you're going through it. You see it while you, when you leave. Mm. When you leave, you're like, man, coach taught me this. Or coach, you know, coach always stays on your mind. Um, but he was a, a, a mentor. He's loved the guy, man. He's a good dude, great coach, a motivator. Um, he just did it in, in a different way. You know, uh, like I said, he had a mouthpiece on him, had no filter, but everything was earned. It wasn't given to you. Mm-hmm. You don't care if he was a McDonald's All-American. Like I was a McDonald's All-American. I'm coming in there with swag thinking like, nah, nah, bro. <laughs> like, right. get on this line. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? So, um it was great, man. It was great. You know, I was able to win a championship my first year, mm-hmm. won a Big East championship, you know, won every championship you could possibly win in college. <laughs> um, and being coached by one of the best, one of, you know, he's a Hall of Fame coach. So it worked out. I mean, he he definitely prepped me for the league and just in life in general. Mm. So after the two years, how did you know, like, when you were ready? Like, again, two years ago, you were at the – you know, in the draft process that you knew yeah. I'm not ready. How did you know? It's like, okay, I think I'm ready. So the first year that I won, when we won the championship, you know, uh, that was pretty much Ben Gordon and Mecca Okafor's team. Mm. Those guys were the ones that led us, you know, that, that, that took us to the promised land. Um, and then once those guys left, um, and I think Mecca was drafted number two and Ben Gordon was three, you know, then every the eyes were on me. Mm. Um and then, you know, uh, we ended up losing the second round in, 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 in the tournament. And then, but there was a, a a moment that happened in my personal life where my mom got into an accident. And my mom was going to work and she was waiting for the bus. And a driver caught a heart attack. A truck driver caught a heart attack and went right onto the sidewalk and went right towards my mom. My mom had her back to the street on the sidewalk and she didn't see it coming. The good thing 
about that whole situation was that it hit my the, the truck hit my mom on the side and kind of pushed her away. Uh, it didn't yeah. hit me dead on. Right, right. So, um, and that moment, I wow. knew I had to leave. My mom was never working again. Right. Um, my mom ended up shattering her elbow. Was in the hospital. You know, numerous surgery. Uh, she was a warrior, man. But at that time, I knew that it was time for me to go. And I just remember getting that phone call, like my brother calling me, like, yo, mom just got hit by a truck. Like, right. for me, like, oh, like I lost it. Yeah. And left school right away, went went to the hospital. And I was in Connecticut at the time. So jumped on the car, boom, booked it to New York. And just seeing my mom laying there, I was like, yo, and I told her that oh, I'm not working ever again. Like, I don't ever want you to be in this position again. And, I knew my, my and coach knew that my time was was right. was, was at that time, and he, he he supported it, and uh, I knew I made it. I made it happen. Yeah. I was gonna say, was there any? I guess not pushback because it, it was more of a thing. But like you stayed two years at a time when guys were still staying three, if not four. You know, it's crazy. Nobody in um, and it's it's very rare. If you go to UConn, you're you're not doing one year. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, I, I, Andre Drummond is the only. I was one. gonna say rarely, but yeah, yeah, I feel like they do it at least two. You're doing a minimum of two years. Um, so I knew that. I knew that going in, hmm. but I also knew, you know, the incident that had that situation with my mom, and, right. and I had a pretty solid year. So, um, I just felt like the time is right. And sometimes I feel like. If you stay in college for too long, that might be an issue. Or that might even hurt you. Like, right. what's wrong with the kid? Why right. is he not? Why hasn't he left yet? Why hasn't he left yet? apart everything, yeah. To me, it's like, all right, two years, I'm out. Like, this is this is it. I'm out. It don't matter if I'm the second-round pick, the last pick, undrafted, whatever. My, I'm leaving after two years. And Coach kind of knew that. So mm-hmm. he supported me, and it worked out, you know, being the seventh pick in the draft in the 2005. So it worked out. And did, uh, you said you were going, you know, regardless, but did you have a range in mind? Like, okay, I might go, you know, top five, top 10, top 20. Did you? I knew, kind of I knew I was lottery. Right. Um, but I knew I had to put the work in. Um, because even me being drafted at number seven, a lot of people were still surprised. Hmm. I wasn't surprised because I'm going to keep it real. Anybody I went against, I kicked their ass. <laughs> In their workout, I'm gonna be honest, because that's the mentality I had. Right. Um, and and I knew I had a great workout for, with Toronto. I had uh, good workouts, just period, with all the teams. With Charlotte at the time, they were called the Bobcats. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had great workouts. So I wasn't surprised when I was pick number seven. Mm-hmm. Now. If- Say you were in this era now, like what do you think would have appealed to you? Because it's a little different, you know, now for a kid coming up. If you were 18 now, you of course you could still go to UConn and get some name image likeness money. That way you could go to the G League and just get paid off the jump. You could go overseas. Yeah. What do you what do you think would appeal to you? Well, now I mean back then, you know, is go to high school, you go to college. That was just that, right, was, that was the route. That was the map. That was the roadmap. That's yeah. how you standard. But now there's so much options. I'm so happy for these guys that now they can, you know, 
get paid for the name, likeness, image, all that stuff. Because at the end of the day, you know, these programs are making money off you. And I know that they're they're paying you by scholarship, which is it's good. Definitely. But come on now. Let's 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 put let's yeah. put some money. They're making billions. They make exactly you know? let's put uh, some yeah. money in these kids' pockets because these kids can't can't make money. They can't go get a job. Right. You know what I mean? So let's put let's put some some bread in their in their pockets. Um For sure. I'm super happy that that, that that's the that's the normal now, but I'm also glad that kind of wasn't around when I was around because I don't know why. <laughs> why you say that? <laughs> no, because you know I'm from New York. You know I come from come from the hood, man. I come from the hood, man. I come from nothing. I come from you know being in welfare for 18 years, I think 19 years. You know, government taking care of us. So um, the struggle was real. So. Um, you know, everything, I had to work hard for everything that I have, you know, and and still to this day, you know, I, I work very hard for everything that I got. So um, I'm glad that wasn't around, though, because who's, I, I don't, I see the reason is I don't know because some of these kids are super young. Right. And, you know, you got these kids, you know. 17, 18 years old with Lamborghinis and they can go do like you don't know how that gonna how they're gonna act. Right. And I I was glad that I was always grounded. I my family kept me, you know, grounded, kept always kept me humble. Mm. Um and I was never, you know, I never had a big circle or a big entourage or anything of that nature. Um so I was a pretty level headed kid. Um but these kids nowadays, you know, with social media too, now people I was gonna do, say that changes. Yeah, changes a whole different animal. Whole yeah. game, you know, people doing things for likes and for clout, and right. you know, it's a whole different game now. Um, but if you use it to your advantage, I mean, it can definitely work out for you. You know, right. and and that's one of the things that me, you know, being an OG, where I can, you know, school one of these young kids. You know, and teach them about financial literacy. Teach them about, uh, you know, how to how to manage money or teach about tech. Because at the end of the day, like you know, nobody teaches you this. Right. Nobody teaches you these. You things. You got to seek so it out. Yeah. You got to seek it out, and or you got to depend on people. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's the easy way to get got. Yeah. Is you depend know on the wrong people. Yeah. Exactly. So, um. Like, but to answer your question, I'm glad you know that wasn't around during my time because I don't know how my career would have ended up with. But I'm super happy for the kids now, um, and hopefully they they do right by it. Man. Now you mentioned you were drafted by Toronto, like had a solid rookie, like all rookie first team. Yep, you were part of history. While you were there, ah, I was gonna say, I, no, wait, wait, let me see where you're going with this. Okay, okay. What, what history? What kind of history are you talking about? Let me adjust my seat. I uh, and I talked to Matt Bonner about this very thing. Oh boy, the type of history. Uh, you played the in the wrong, game, Kobe Bryant scored. Oh, eight. the wrong side of history. Gotcha. You had 13 points though. I was, I was balling. Are, that's what I'm saying. Only like in the first quarter, I think. <laughs> I think um, I'm just saying maybe people should call this the night. Kobe scored 81 and Charlie scored 13. 13 yeah, I, I'm, right. just put, I'm just putting that out there. Something to consider. Um, uh, 
but that game was crazy though. That game. Was what, what do you remember about that that game? The game plan. I remember the game plan. I remember this one. Kobe was going on a tear. He was going out there. I remember he gave sixty to Dallas in three quarters. Sat out the whole fourth. Um, so he's he's bugging out. Um, so the game plan was let Kobe get his. He's gonna get his no matter what. But don't let Lamar Odom, don't let Smush Parker, these other guys, you know, get off. All right, keep them in check. Kobe alone is not gonna beat you. That was kind of the game plan. And Kobe alone did beat us. <laughs> I was gonna say I can see why a coach would think that, but then yeah. Kobe scores 81 points. Yeah, so it's crazy because we're throwing everything at him. We're throwing the kitchen sink at him. We everything we're throwing it. Double team. Yeah, he's on one. He's it reminded me of like on a video game. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you catch and you playing on a rookie level and you just torture. <laughs> right. That's what it was. It was a video game. And then I, I at some point, like I was just we were just watching. Like right. this dude is like watching this masterpiece on this court um, because at halftime, I think he had – might have been like 30, 40-something, 30-something. Yeah, 30, 30 sounds right. Yeah, he yeah, – second oh, 30 half. Some change. He was like, yeah, yeah. man, that's, that's crazy. It's like, all right. But we were still winning the game. Right. Like, like, we okay, like the plan winning. still worked. Yeah, the plan the still going on according still to the plan. Yeah. This dude comes out and scored, I believe, yeah, he scored, yeah, he scored 50. Yeah, he scored like 50 or 40-something. That's in the head. second half, <laughs> bro, that's that's it was crazy. It was just crazy to actually see this man, and and it was a beautiful. It, it it was like at some point you just become like a fan and just start watching this, like watching him put this together, man. And it was just crazy. Are you aware, like, of how many he? Had, or it's just like you know he has a lot of points. No, no, we like, knew yeah. we knew what was going on. <laughs> Everybody yep, yep. knew what was going on. Was, right, okay. He knew what was going on. At halftime, it was like 30. And then I just remember, too, at the end of the game, damn, I should have kept the, the stat sheet, man. It would have probably been worth something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember us, everybody, like, picked up the stat sheet. And you you look, Kobe, 81. Like, wow. Bro. 81? That's, like, un- unheard of, man. Yeah, it's still. I mean, it still hasn't been done yet. You know, yeah. hasn't been or close to it. Um, I know other guys gotten close with the sixties, but eighty-one is. I say Booker hit seventy, and that nobody oh, else did. And even then, that's still a whole eleven point. Like yeah, that's still, uh, yeah. still eleven. Yeah, you're still not there yet, right? Um, but it was just crazy. It's crazy to watch, man. I uh, won't keep you too much longer, but I did want to add. Like, you had a good first year in Toronto. And then got traded to Milwaukee. Like, what was that? Just was what do you remember sick. about that experience? I was sick. I'm yeah, I was sick to my stomach um, because I felt like this is when I got. This is when I really got introduced to the business side. Mm. Um, yeah, I had a pretty solid, solid year. I have rookie runner up, first team all rookie. Um, hold franchises. I think to this day, I still do. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, you know, most points as a rookie and most rebounds in a single game um, as a rookie. Uh, so I had a pretty solid first first year. And uh, then we had a new GM, 
Brian Colangelo, Brian, Brian Colangelo, and um, I remember I was draft day. I was doing an appearance, and that's the year that they drafted Andrea Bargnani. Um, and there was chatters, you know, Charlie might get traded. So I had conversation at the time with Sam Mitchell, which was a coach at the time, and then Brian, the, the GM. And I remember them telling mind you, I'm 21 years old. And these grown men are telling me, <laughs> we're not going to trade you. Uh, and Sam Mitchell, and I quote to this day, said to me, if Michael Jordan is coming out of retirement, that's the only way we're trading for you. Oh, wow. I'm 21 years old. Fresh out of college. Cool. Like, I'm yeah, you're like, yeah, you're like, this is exactly what well, I'm doing. Cool. I'm cool. Yeah, okay. right. And I remember Brian telling me, you know, this is a good sign. A lot of teams are calling for you because that means you're doing you're doing something right if all these teams are calling for you. But we're not going to trade you. Respect. Cool. The next day, not uh, 24 hours Not later, the next day. Next day, I was gone. I was gone. And what's crazy is the way I found out. I was going to ask, how did you find out? So no one called me. Um, at the time, my brother's girlfriend was uh, worked at the radio station. She somehow got wind of it, told my brother. My brother said, yo, you got traded. I got traded? What are you talking about? Nah, ain't nobody right, No, me. I didn't. Yeah. Like an hour, two hours later, you know, I called my agent. Yo, did I get traded? He's like, no, I didn't, I, I didn't hear anything. You didn't get traded. So I'm like, I'm right, tripping. Hour later. Carl, yo, you just got traded, man. And I just remember I was so sick. Because I didn't even know. I didn't even ask to where. I didn't even ask where. I didn't know. I just, yo, you just got traded. And I'm like, wow. Like, I was more hurt. Like, how these dudes just, like, play me and looked in my face and tell me they And that just, like, broke my heart. Um, and to the point where, I'm going to be real, like, I shed a tear because. Yeah, no, that's, I could, like. Yeah. That moment, like, messed me up because I'm like, wow. And then it's like, to where? Milwaukee? <laughs> <laughs> was, right. It couldn't have, been, couldn't have been Miami or nothing, right? Like, Milwaukee, yeah. bro. Like, but mind you, Milwaukee was dope. I love them. When I got to Milwaukee, Milwaukee was That's fine. what I, everybody, once they get Milwaukee there, like, the players, they're like, love it. Yeah, yeah. I love Milwaukee. Um, I have three great years there. Um, but but going in, you don't know that. Going in, you don't know. You know, because you normally just barely you there barely for a night when you go play the Bucks and you in and out. Super cold, it's cold as hell. It's, right. Um, so I didn't know much about the city, so I was sick, man. But um, that was my welcome to the business side moment in the NBA, man. And um, ever since then, I just made it a point. Like, yo, when I play Toronto, I am busting there. I'm going ham on them. Personal. Like, taking it personal. <laughs> like, this was personal. To the point where when I became a free agent uh, after three years in Milwaukee, the first team to call me was Toronto. We want you back. Nah. Already <laughs> did me dirty. Nope. Like, Don't I don't think I could do so it. Personal. Like, yo, like, I was hurt. Like I took that personal and um but I love Toronto. Like my son is Canadian. Hmm. Um I love Toronto to this day. Um if it wasn't for COVID, I'll be out there a lot more often. 
<laughs> um, all these restrictions they got now with COVID, but Toronto, love it. Canada, love that country. Mm-hmm. Uh, got nothing bad to say about them. Um, other than on the business side, they, 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 they did me dirty. Yeah, that's – I get, have you talked to either of those, like Sam Mitchell or Colangelo since? Cause it, I haven't talked to them since. I feel like that's – like you understand anybody can get traded. You get it, but it's tough to look somebody in the eye. And to tell me you're not you – know, the quote the quote says it all. If that's, that's, yeah, that's coming out of retirement, that's the only way we trade. I'm like, I bet. I'm good. All right. Thank in you. hindsight, I feel like you would know, once you heard that, you would be like, that don't sound right. <laughs> I should I, I something don't smell right here. Yeah, uh, so man, it's that was, they, they they did me wrong, but it's all good. It's part yeah. of the business, I guess. Definitely. Um uh, you mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, some of the things you're working on post career. Now you just I, I guess I, I don't want to jinx anything, but you said we're we're close, close to is it a movie or a documentary? No, it's you're a, working it's on? A, it's, it's a documentary. Um, okay, tell us a little bit about that. It's called What is Alopecia? Hmm. Um, and it's just crazy that all this is happening. I just think, you know, and that's something that I've been working on for almost five years now. Um, and it's me just meeting different people um, with alopecia. So I'm, I'm meeting with, you know, a 12-year-old girl. I'm meeting with, you know, a mom that has... Uh, alopecia and her kids has alopecia. Mm. I met with uh, Josh Dubs, who's a quarterback in the NFL. Um, I'm meeting, you know, Jordan Walsh, who's uh, McDonald's All-American this year, um, lives here in Dallas. So I'm meeting all these different families and people, and they had different walks of life, you know. Uh, uh, I met a gentleman named Kevin Bull. He was a, a, a What's it called? America's Top Ninja. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm meeting all these people, and they all have different stories of how they grew up with alopecia and what alopecia means to them and what's it doing to them. Um, meeting people that accepted it and people that still were struggling with it. So um, doing this documentary, you just see me going up to these people's homes and interacting with them and just finding out, you know, and just talking about alopecia and their struggles and their journey with alopecia. I mean, uh, it gets emotional too, man. And I can't wait for it to drop, man, because you get to see a side of me that people might not know. Um, Cause while I was doing this whole, this was kind of like therapy for me too, right. because even though I accepted, I've overcame it, but now I'm opening, you know, wounds that I had before because right. Probably stuff you hadn't thought about in yeah, years. Exactly. I imagine. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes you just live life and you just keep going. But sometimes when you sit down and now you got to talk about the struggles and stuff, like you, you got to go through, like, you got to walk through yeah, it. And, yeah. walk through it again. Yep. And, and there's a scene specifically where with Jordan, Jordan uh, Walsh, the McDonald's All-American kid, hmm. I'm like talking to myself. This is me I'm talking to right now. Right. My younger self. He's like, he won't look at me in the eye. He's doing the same things I, like I was doing. Mm. And then watching his mom cry and and seeing his mom struggle way more than he is with it. Same thing with me. My mom was just, you know, had a hard time with it because she didn't want to see her her, her child go through that. Yeah. So just reliving all this, man, it, it, it was pretty, pretty dope and inspirational, man. I can't wait for it to... To drop our goal is to uh, have it out on uh, September, which is uh, okay. Alopecia Awareness Month. Uh, we're pretty much done. 
We're just adding a few credits. Okay. Uh, uh, just a little tweaking a little things here and there, but we're, we're good to go, man. I can't wait uh, uh, for the masses to see it. And what's the name of it again? It's called What is Alopecia? What is Alopecia? We'll be looking for that. Hopefully, we got fingers crossed that everything be wrapped up and, and have yep. a nice bow on it by September. September, yep. That's the goal. Perfect. Uh, Charlie Villanueva, thank you so much for stopping by the lounge, man. Nah, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate oh, it. Of course, man. You got an open seat. Uh, join us anytime. Yeah, thank you, brother. Appreciate of course. It. We'll talk to you soon, man. All right, bro. All right, thank you for stopping by the Legends Lounge, brought to you by the National Basketball Retired Players Association. Give us a follow on Twitter at NBA Legends Lounge, and be sure to subscribe and rate the Legends Lounge on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll catch you next time.